1: for monday march 22nd and as you all know alex is off this week he's on vacation lucky lucky for him but he is he's gonna miss a crazy, maybe a crazy week it's trade deadline week we're officially now three days away from the trade deadline and i told you i had some i had a loaded cast of gusts hosts this week and why not start it off with the best of the best he's a co-host of one of the best pod NBA podcast out there. His name's Jabari Davis, co-host of Dunks and Discourse. Jabari, appreciate you jumping on with me late tonight on a Sunday night, man.
0: Joey, you are far too kind. I appreciate you uh, you know, inviting me on.
1: Yeah, of course, man. So a lot to get through. So as you know, as I've discussed with you, what we kind of do on this show is we, we, the, that night's games, we, we run through the, the storylines from the games and the news from the day. Sundays are a little different because there's a lot to talk about from the weekend. I was planning, of course, on leading off today's show with one injury. Now we have to lead off with another injury that is, it's a little, it's a, it's sadder at, in the instant that we heard it because it's a, he's out for the season. LaMelo Ball, we found out about now two hours ago. He, uh, and the craziest thing about this, he's out for the year. He has a broken bone in his wrist. He's getting a second opinion, but it sounds like he's going to be out. Just two hours before that got announced, the Hornets put out a graphic on Twitter with uh, their injury report for tomorrow, and he was probable. <laughs> yeah. And and now he's out for the year. It's uh, it's terrible, man.
0: Yeah, man, sports injuries suck, and it, I, I know that's cliche, but that that's the reality. Um, you you hate it for any athlete, but in particular, you really hate it when you got a not just a rookie, but a rookie that has you know played well absolutely in the you know in the running for rookie of the year of course you know, like you know that's probably the far you know the furthest thing from his you know from his mind right now but you just you just hate to see it you know i hate that for lamelo
1: yeah and i guess my the instant and it's a it's probably an unfortunate part of just the way this works with with the nba and sports in general is my first thought was god that sucks cuz of how good he's playing and my second thought was has he done enough and has he played enough <laughs> games to lock up rookie of the year because Obviously, I think a lot of people have talked about Tyrese Halliburton, who is he's having a good year, but the Kings are, I mean, about as bad as it gets. But now Anthony Edwards is averaging 27 games since All-Star break and is had a game the other night, a historic game the other night. Third youngest player to ever score 40. Has LaMelo done enough to lock it up? Or can Anthony Edwards you know, sneak in there the way the T-Wolves are starting to play at least a little bit better under Chris Finch?
0: And that's the thing, you know, I, you know, some people may, you know, think it's uh, you know, ill form to even consider it, but you know, the truth of the matter is this if Anthony Edwards continues to play the way that he's been playing and it honestly, it doesn't matter, you know, how the Timberwolves, you know, finish when it comes to rookie of the year, we don't necessarily always take, you know, team record into consideration, but if Anthony Edwards continues to play the, you know, the way that he's been playing over this last you know, week or so, or two, you know, a couple of weeks, he's going to probably get that award. Um, if he plays well and he's spotty, you know, as would be expected for a rookie and nobody else, you know, really, you know, uh, places themselves outside of the pack. Look, I would be happy for LaMelo, but the truth is, you know, with this many games left, it probably, I don't want to say probably, it might not happen for him.
1: Yeah. I think one, the only thing that could, I think one thing that could potentially save him, even though it is a statistical award. And like you said, that we don't, we don't tend to take records into it is, if the Hornets were to just, just absolutely tank right now and they're a legit playoff team at the moment. And they, they're yeah. fun, They're also, they've also become one of those league pass teams that you just kind of have to watch because they're one of the best clutch teams in the league. And that's not necessarily a Lamelo thing. That's a Terry Rozier thing at the, moment, he's been one of the most clutch players, but lamelo has been, since he entered the starting lineup, they've been a, a legitimate playoff team. If they fall off a cliff, That might, you might be able to say, well, the body of work before he was hurt and now they can't really get it going. Maybe that's enough to do it.
0: You're absolutely right. And if that is the case uh, and, you know, I'm not wishing that upon, you know, Hornets fans. Of course, <laughs> of course. I, I want positive things for y'all Hornets fans. Uh, but you're right. Like if they fall off a cliff and, you know, and you have at the you know, at the same time, Anthony Edwards doesn't you know, he doesn't have doesn't have to score 27 tonight. But if he doesn't stay at this level yeah. know, where he's impressing folks and grabbing attention and, you know, do, you know doing historic things. It absolutely could happen. It's it, you know, honestly, it just really sucks, man. Like, because say it had been another ten games like this for Lamelo, I would, I would probably say, yeah, he's got it locked up.
1: I know. But, you know, now it's that grayer. Especially in a shortened season, he only had to play a few more games. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah, it sucks. And by the way, you may not know this about me, I was a video, I was a video scout for the Hornets for five years. So I have a very strange relationship to the organization because they were five absolutely miserable years. Uh, cause we were very, very bad, but it's, I'm happy to see them starting to get things together. My time there was a little rough and that'll that also come up again later in this episode because that situation down in Houston is not fun. And that is, I'm starting to get a little PTSD just watching that situation. I know coach Silas is down there too. Um, the other big injury from this weekend is LeBron James injures his ankle against the Hawks, uh, Looks like out indefinitely with a high ankle sprain. And more, you know, obviously I said Lamelo's is right the impact right away because he's out for the year is huge. But this is this injury, it's not often where there's an injury that has such an impact on the entire NBA. And we also, it's gonna be so hard to even gauge what it really is gonna mean because high ankle sprains are so tough they're just unknown i mean it's weeks months you know lebron's 36 but it doesn't seem like he ever gets hurt so it's just like how how do we know it's just going to be so hard to really gauge other than to say and they're only two games from being the six seed right now this could be a tough tough stretch coming up here for the lakers
0: yeah and, and that's what stinks about it you just don't know how long it's going to be you know like you said the truth of the matter is this, prior to LeBron going out, I was, you know, you know, my stance on anytime anybody asks me, you know, what are your expectations? I said, like if the Lakers are healthy, if Anthony Davis gets back. I honestly still feel pretty comfortable about them. Now everything's out, you know, out the window. Uh, yeah, yes, of course, if Anthony Davis comes back and he's healthy, obviously, you know that that you know that's significant. But if LeBron isn't 100, and I, and this isn't one of those where I'm trying to, you know, uh, you know project doom and gloom, you know, for you know, so for Lakers fans out there, I'm not saying it. But you know, it has to at least be a consideration. If LeBron is not 100, you know, honestly, what it does is. Everybody else that may have felt like they were, you know, next in line, or may have felt like they were within reach, they have to feel a lot better about themselves. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 really going to be a matter of you know, what's he, what's he going to look like when he comes back? You know, what's you know when is he going to come back? You know, what shape are the Lakers in? The the whole Hollywood Homer in me, and I'm always upfront about that. <laughs> yeah. I want to say, hey, look, if they both didn't make it back, I, I feel good about it. I don't yeah. feel good about it. We'll
1: see but I don't feel great. What, is there a, um, here's what I wonder that, like, let's say they, they they're both going to, they will both be back at some point is my estimation. Obviously you never, mm-hmm. I guess you never know with anything, but let's say, I mean, they're AD. What's the timeline on AD? Maybe the end of the month, but we still don't so know.
0: They, that's the thing that worries me. And, and, and honestly, when, at the beginning of the year like we're there were only about like seven or eight games in and they mentioned that he had a sore calf or you know that he was had some tightness. That. The first thing I said was like hey sit them, sit them down because like look maybe it's maybe it's PTSD on my part. I've heard that before when it came to KD most recently and obviously watching the way that Kobe Bryant went down like, you know, you know, that you know that was obviously terrible. Sure. So that was my mindset and everybody kept on telling me you kept on poo pooing it and saying like oh well no it's not that big a deal and they wouldn't have him out there look Sit that man as long as you absolutely have to. They've been, you know, they've been extending it like, you know, seven to 10 days, kind of, you know, like, or or two weeks, you know, like every couple of weeks, as long as it takes, just sit him Because honestly, while, yes, I would love to see the Lakers compete, you know, in this postseason. this is a five-year investment. The man is already signed. You already have him under contract. I recognize LeBron, as you mentioned earlier, LeBron's 36. So you can't just, you can't just like throw it away. But in my estimation, the more, you know, like I'm looking at the forest beyond the trees when it comes to these
1: layers. Yeah. I mean, he's supposed, he's got to be the guy he's supposed to, he's going to be the guy. He's supposed to be the guy for the next 10 or so, maybe more years for this franchise, if he can stay healthy. So I totally agree. If I just always, I keep wondering too, like, let's say they both do come back totally healthy, assuming they do later in the year, but they fall to six seed, seven seed. Cause the West is pretty, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty tight. How concerning would that be to you going into the playoffs? if, If all things like for me, watching that team, even as good as the Nets are going to be, you know, we'll see how KD is when he comes back. I'm assuming he'll also be okay. It'll take him a little time. But when I was watching the Lakers at full strength, there's just no, they're just impossible. They're the best team in the league. And it was almost to me like them and everybody else. And even I include the Nets in that, even though the Nets have a chance to be an absolutely dominant type of team. So if they're all healthy and they're a sixth seed, I still feel pretty comfortable that if they get back to healthy, even no matter what seed they're in, it's just a tougher road, but I, I feel pretty good about it.
0: I'm actually right there with you in the air. Lakers fans will, will like this. You know, like they probably hated the last five minutes, but they'll love this. <laughs> the truth is this this Lakers team, because of the defense that they play, it doesn't matter the seeding. It doesn't matter the seeding. Like they, like when they lock in when everybody's fully healthy. So to, you know like you know, to to that if they are fully healthy, it doesn't matter if they're a six seed, seven seed. I honestly don't care. I, I would expect them to you know, honestly whether it's have a significant advantage or at least you know like have a you know be the favorites in every series that they went up against, regardless you know regardless of home court or or any of that. If if anything, and I recognize last year was very you know very unique. But if anything, last year showed, like, it, it you know, no, no home court, no, you know, they, they fought, you know, for the top seed or one of the top seeds. And they didn't get any, you know, any of those benefits and they didn't have a problem with it. So I honestly don't think it would be an
1: issue. Yeah, I think the and then and then, and then I think the biggest thing. Well, and I agree with you, the defense, it people, the listeners of this show know that, at, again, earlier in the year when I was watching this team, it, it was amazing to me that I was watching a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, some of the most talented players on the planet, the best player on the planet. And I loved watching them because of their defense. Like I was they're they're fun defensive team to watch, not just team, but every player is a good defender and they play their asses off on the defense. Like when they lock in, they had, they had this thing. They had that thing that championship teams have where it's like, all right, we're going to sort of, we're going to play three quarters. And then, all right, now it's time. (laughs) You're not scoring on us. It's just not going to happen. And that's fun to watch to me. I know not everybody loves watching great defensive battles, but Watching the Lakers play defense when they're healthy is it's spectacular. It was, it was again, they're here, they're up the top, and then everyone else is just sort of like, all right, who's who, who's going to lose to the Lakers when they're healthy?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm honestly exact same page, and you know, here's the deal: if Anthony Davis comes back and he's healthy, and and okay, I'm going to make I, I'm going to uh, uh, throw one out there. I know that LeBron is out indefinitely. I'm not I'm not saying it simply because he's traveling with the team. It also wouldn't shock me if he made it back within the next, you know, four to five games. I'm not, I'm (laughs) I'm not the same way. It's not that I would be disappointed in any way if he did not. And of course, you know, I respect, you know, I respect that, you know, that 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 was a legitimate injury, but the guy has to this point, has been a freak of danger and outside of the growing situation, you know, two years ago, he's, he's able to find, you know, find a way to get, you know, stay on the court. So all I'm saying is it would not shock me.
1: Oh, and he also, I mean, as much as he, continues to say he wants to keep playing this and that i think there's there's two things there's one obviously it's towards the the tail end of his career but also it wouldn't surprise you that if in the back of lebron's mind he's like if i sit for three weeks i'm not gonna get mvp
0: look the the far yo okay the unrealistic side of this conversation is that we expect these athletes to not care about these things. We expect these athletes to like, oh, it doesn't matter. All it takes, all it means, is winning. Like they're not human beings. Right? Like, like, like and and to be honest with you, LeBron has made it very clear over the last week or so, even that he that he would like to be in consideration for that. He, right. If I'm not mistaken, he said he felt like he should have eight or nine of them. And regardless of whether you know where we you know land on that, I think we can all agree that he at least was in the running for a couple more. So yeah, I. It would not shock me if that, you know, while all the ultimate goal is more important, it would shock me if it's if it's not at least a fall.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't shock me just the way he I mean, he wants to be the best. He wants to go down as the best ever. He wants to be known as the best ever. And there's any little thing he can add to that, which is an MVP, because there's always look no matter what that conversation is. It's impossible because there's always going to be someone If it if you say LeBron's the best ever, there's always going to be someone who said, well, why, why do you only win this many MVPs or, you know, so whatever, but of he, he knows that too. LeBron, I say this about him over any player in NBA history. He sees and hears everything. He knows everything that's going on, social media, regular media, players, fans, coach. He hears it all. He sees it all. So he knows everything that needs to be done. And he knows what people are saying. And the MVP thing is part of it. You're
0: 100% right on that. Look, look at it like this. He's 36 years old. I'm 41 years old. I came up and social media was there, but like I was, you know, I was later to it because I was a little bit older. He literally grew up in the social media era. Mm -hmm. So he, of course, he's tapped in. Of course, he's tuned into what folks are saying. Even if he tried like, like even when athletes or stars or anybody tries to say like, I don't read my mentions or I don't care about no public opinion. Of course they do. And LeBron, LeBron James, look, you can't be on top of everything else in life and not be on top of what at least, be aware of what folks are saying about
1: you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, so we'll see how this goes, but I, I agree. I wouldn't be shocked to see him come back early. Now, the Lakers, as we're recording this, Lakers are playing the Suns. They're down ten with eight minutes left. If they some, if they do make a run, I got it up here. If they make a run and come back, we'll we'll go. We can chat about that game in a little bit. You know, there's not what is there. If they lose, what is there to say? They don't have AD and LeBron. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but let's get into some of the games from tonight. For me, I want to start. With my – so we talked about the best team in the league right there. Mm-hmm. I guess the second best team in the league, you could probably make the argument. Some people might even say the best team now. The Nets, they get a win tonight. Still no KD. They beat Washington 113-106. The big story out of this game is that the reports that Blake Griffin couldn't dunk anymore have been greatly exaggerated. Blake Griffin makes his debut for the Nets, and his first bucket with the, Net, with the Nets – is a dunk for the first time since December of 2019. It's uh, unbelievable yeah. to me. I said, it. I, I said it on here. I said it was going to happen. I think a lot of people probably assumed that this was coming and that the, he was doing a little, uh, a lesser version of the James Harden situation, which is mm-hmm. just act you know, play but not play in Detroit so he could get somewhere where he wanted to be. And now he's going to, now he's going to be good. He's not gonna be great, but he's gonna be good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he like and I've I've been saying this, I think I said it on on this week's uh, episode of, of uh discourse, but he's not gonna like Mozgov anybody, but he's not completely dead, you know, like he's not completely done. Um, there are, you know, there are, and I saw it on the timeline. There were a lot of folks that, you know, even Detroit fans in particular that were, you know, oh, of course, of course. Let, let let's calm down. I recognize he hasn't dunked in two in, in almost two years, but the reality is he, you know, he was injured. He's only played 19 games since then, so. On top of not being healthy, you're, to your point, you're exactly right. He was playing in Detroit. It was obviously over. They obviously had moved forward, and they were and they were planning on moving on from him. So of course he's not going to. Of course he's not out there like busting his home because mm-hmm. it, you know, there, there was nothing for that. Uh, you know. So I, you know, personally, while he doesn't necessarily address. You know the rim protection or the athleticism, like 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 uh, in the post or around the you know, or, or around the court that they need. He at least adds uh, you know uh, he, he has an NBA guy that knows how to play the game. And if he's healthy and if they can catch lightning in a bottle, at the very least they've got a they've got another solid rotation piece. I'm I'm actually hopeful for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the, I watched that game. The 14 minutes, 15, 15 minutes that he played. He showed something, showed me some things that he brings to that team that they just don't have in the front court, especially when Katie's out. He gives them another post, op, another mid post option. A guy you can run offense through who's still, regardless of any of the stuff that he's not, he's still a very good ball handler, still a very good passer. Teams are, when they try to switch, he can take advantage of it. And on the defensive end, same thing. He had a play where he got switched off onto Brad Beal and he was great. And he, he blocked his shot and it was so he did a lot of good things obviously he had the dunk was the highlight but he did some good things he only played 15 minutes we'll see how but and then even more so to that once KD's back once they're healthy it's just another player so that i don't have to play deandre jordan tons of minutes who's just not that great anymore either now you have a instead of having one guy one or two guys you ha- you're now starting to put together a handful of front court guys that can they can just piece together in situations deandre Blake Griffin, Jeff Green, still playing minutes, but those will go down when KD comes back. And then Nick Nick Claxton has emerged as yeah. he looks like he's probably ultimately going to be their starter. He's playing in crunch time, and he's playing. Real he looks like like a young DeAndre Jordan a little bit.
0: So you know what's funny about you know, look. And, and and I mean no disrespect to DeAndre Jordan, but the only reason why he's starting is because he's DeAndre Jordan. Like, and it was the same thing when when Jared Allen was there. Uh, you know, De- you know, DJ can give you some good minutes, but you know, his days of being like a consistent guy that's going to give you thirty solid minutes on a on a on a night in out night out basis that's just not that's not realistic. And I agree with you. Um, it, 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 ultimately, whether you know you know whether the young man starts or not, if he's the one that's closing. That's, you know, that's, that's your greatest indicator of, of, of where, you know, and I, and I know, I know, you know, this, um, yeah, the Nets, let me ask you this. Is any part of you a little bit concerned about KD? And the reason why I asked this and you know, much like it was with the Lakers, you know, so Nets fans, this is your turn to be upset with me. Hamstrings are tough. And leg, leg, leg injuries in general. And, you know, this is a man that has had some trauma to, you know, to his legs to his lower appendages over the last couple of years. Part of me is a little bit concerned about that. And I'm hope, I hope he comes back strong and has no issues whatsoever, but if I'm a Nets fan, that, and that's at least in the back of my mind.
1: Yeah, it it is concerning. And I, I remember when the injury first happened and the the timeline was like three weeks and I was like, no, what are we talking about here? Like what, first of all, it's Kevin Durant. So you're not going to rush anything. Besides, even if he didn't have the old injury, this is like, look, the only reason people aren't freaking out about this Nets team in general is because in the back of their mind, Kevin Durant's coming back. If this yeah. team doesn't have Kevin Durant, they're just an average team. And I love, look, James Harden, there's the MVP conversation now because of how good he's playing. Kyrie, I think actually I've turned a little bit of a page on Kyrie. He's having a great, he's playing really well. I've never been a huge Kyrie guy, but a lot of that positivity around the way all these guys are playing is because in the back of your mind. Katie's still coming back to this team and that's why they're a championship team. So yeah, it is really concerning because those injuries. And the other thing is similar to the way you talked about Anthony Davis's injury because we don't like the hamstring is hard enough, but then we also don't know, is he getting a soft tissue injury because he came back at a certain point because of his other injuries are, are certain like, is he still recovering from the Achilles a little bit and it's stressing out other parts of his body. That's where my concern is, is that I don't know, you know, he was out for a long time, but I don't know how long it actually takes to recover from Achilles. I don't know that everybody's probably different. Could he possibly be getting, you know, putting stress on other parts of his body as to not stress out the, the concerning part, which is the recovering Achilles.
0: And that usually is the case. Like you overcompensate because you're trying to protect that limb or that appendage or whatever, you know, whatever the, you know, you know, the area is um, you know, all of this can be for naught. And, 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 you know, so Nets fans, you know, we could just be you know, concerned for no reason and he's going to come back and, and look great. But at the very least, you know, I, I think we're on the same page in terms of it's at least something to consider.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We will we'll see. I, I do. I mean, they're obviously, they're playing so good and they're playing good enough. They're, gonna be a top three seed in the east. Oh yeah. But they're yeah, the KD thing will continue to be concerning until we figure out when he's actually going to come back. Uh and it was fascinating. I was just it's fascinating how well how good he looked when he, you know, at the beginning of the year coming off of an Achilles. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get back to that level because that level was MVP level too. So we'll see. Um elsewhere in the East tonight, uh I'm gonna talk I'm gonna bring the heat and the raptors in here because They're both on losing streaks. They both lost again tonight. Raptors have now lost eight in a row. Heat have lost three in a row. And those come on a day where report has come out that the heat are going pretty hard after Kyle Lowry. Uh, So it's an interesting one. That's a name that's been out there for a while. Um, And for Miami, Miami, the names that have continually keep getting brought up is that either Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson has to be included. The Raptors are falling apart every day. At their eight, they've lost eight in a row since uh, since their COVID situation. They're finally back to healthy. Like everyone played in this game, they still got beat up pretty bad. Um, I, these are two teams that, as we get closer to Thursday, it would be it would be shocking to me if neither of them made a move. And it would and I wouldn't be surprised if this is the move. So Kyle Lowry to Miami makes sense. Kyle Lowry to a lot of teams make sense, but Kyle Lowry to Miami, who are now 28th in the NBA in three-point shooting after being second in the league last year, uh, he just fits that he fits the the heat culture, so to speak. Uh, I know he has a relationship with Jimmy, and I think he would immediately become the best three-point shooter on a team that offensively is hard to watch right now.
0: Yeah, and he obviously gives you a guy that knows, you know, that knows how to make winning plays when you absolutely need it. Uh, we, We've seen we've seen it for years with the Raptors, obviously, you know, most, you know, most recently with, you know, during the championship run. If I'm the Raptor, if I honestly, if, if I'm the Heat, there's no way that I'm even questioning. I'm, this is a yes. Oh, you want to give us, can you want to give us Lowry for one of those guys? No problem. I, I recognize I haven't, you know, I wasn't quite as high on Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hurwitz as a lot of folks were like after the bubble, it seemed like there was a lot of momentum there. And earlier in the year when there was talk of like a Harden deal and I heard that, that they were untouchable. I thought, what the hell are we doing? Excuse me. I apologize.
1: (laughs) Say whatever (laughs) you want. Yeah. It's all good. (laughs)
0: But, But I'm saying what in the world are we doing here? Why are we not making this move now? Look, they, the Heat looked, you know, prior to this, you know, three-game you know, three streak, they looked pretty good. They they were finally healthy. They were finally, you know they had Jimmy fully in the mix and everybody was engaged or for the most part, you know, everybody was engaged. So if I'm them, and right now, if I'm not mistaken, they're sitting in the five seed. there's absolutely no reason why you don't make this deal. And from the Raptors perspective, I know that Raptors fans get mad when you say things like, Hey, you know what? It's probably time to go ahead and embrace the tank, but it probably is time to go ahead and embrace the tank, pick up another, you know, pick up some assets from a deal, get what you can for Lowry, keep guys healthy and pick up, you know, pick up another really good solid player in, in the draft.
1: Yeah, the, it's weird for Toronto, and and I'll tell you with with Miami, um, I, I I do another podcast with Norris Cole, so where we just talk oh, okay. about the Heat, That's and true. Norris is like the most positive person on on the planet. He really he he I can't get him when I try to bring up things about the Heat. He's always like, "Well, nah, I mean, we'll, we'll be okay." Spo spo. So Norris, he's he's new to the podcast game, but he he's getting into it. But even on the last episode, in was which was last week. He was even concerned, even during the win streak, about this offense is just – he's just like, you know, it's great that we're winning games, but they, they got to make a move. Like the move has to – something's got to happen because the, the offense, it's just bad. And they're so – a team that is so incredibly reliant on the three-point shot has no shooters. <laughs> I mean, even Duncan Robinson's not shooting the ball right now, and it, it, you just can't do it. They, they just it, – it's not good – Kyle Lowry would be now the tank situation in Toronto is interesting to me because you're right. They do need to embrace it, but they also just paid everybody. (laughs) They they just paid Van Fleet. They just paid Siakam to be a max player. They paid OG Ananobi. Uh, obviously moving uh, Kyle Lowry gets money off your books, but he's expiring anyways. Mm -hmm. And the other interesting one for them now is going to be Norm Powell, who on this losing streak, even though it's, you know, they've lost eight in a row. The guy at one point on this streak was averaging like 30 a game on this win streak, on this losing streak. And he's an expiring deal or he has a player option. So he's probably going to get paid this off season. You, you can't overpay for Norm Powell when you just overpaid for Fred Van Fleet. So even though they do need to figure out, a, a, embrace the tank or a rebuild or whatever, I feel like they've already, this was the rebuild. Like they kind of just paid their, their guys.
0: Yeah, I, honestly, you're right. And Raptors fans probably would, you know, like I said, they'll, they'll be cussing me out on the timeline. Shout out to y'all. Um, but <laughs> I, I got to be honest with you. I look at this as, okay, say they were able to scrap their way in and do, you know, get into a play-in situation or like an eight seed or whatnot. You're going out in the first round, even if you make it in. So to be honest with you, while, yes, that might make you feel good in the moment, like, hey, we made the postseason or immediately afterwards you're not going to be happy with yourself because yeah. you're going to end up with a, you know, a 16 pick or a 17 pick when you might've had the opportunity to get a five, you know, yeah. um, maybe, maybe this is a little bit premature. Maybe in two weeks, if they're still in the same type of situation, it is officially time, but I'll be honest with you. I'm more of a like rip the band-aid off type person. So.
1: Yeah. And I think and to that end, Kyle Lowry is probably the least of your worries when it comes to this deadline, like every, no one should be off the table if you can get the right deal for siakam right now I, you should you should be considering it because maybe there's more there maybe there is but he is making money to be a number one guy and i don't know and i don't think it's i don't think it's like insulting to say he's just not a number one guy on a championship team uh maybe he could be he's still relatively young and he's at the beginning of this this he's just at the beginning of this max deal so we'll see what happens but you know if a team's willing to there's teams out there that are going to be, that have tons. I mean, the new thing in the NBA is hoarding first round picks. So one of these teams is going to be looking for potentially a player like Houston, OKC, OKC, New New Orleans, like these teams that have 800 first round picks maybe and and some money, maybe they're willing to do it. But I think if you're going to do it, if you're the Raptors, you got to try to move everybody. Like you you just got to kind of try to start over. And that, I know that's unreal. Maybe that's unrealistic to say, but just moving Kyle Lowry and potentially Norm Powell, you're still stuck with a situation. That's like, we're, we're paying a lot of money to the three guys that are, that are going to make us a borderline playoff team.
0: So you went somewhere. I, I didn't even have the courage to go. Uh, yeah. I, I would probably be trying to come off of that deal. But I recognize again, if you're in a, if you're in an, uh, a market that you, you, know, you, free agents aren't necessarily looking to flock there. I understand maybe there's some hesitance there, especially since you, he's a homegrown guy. You had mm-hmm. him, you know. You've 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 won a title with him. You, you, the hope was that he, would he shown that flashes. He's shown, he's shown flashes. flashes. Um, but in their heart of hearts, if they're being honest, they probably know this deep down inside as well. I agree with you. They should be looking for that. I just don't know that. They, not that they not that you know they don't have the you know the, the fortitude to do it. I just don't know if they'll actually you know pull the trigger. But I agree with you. Like, yeah, I think if, if I'm saying they should tank, I agree. They should be looking at yeah. any
1: opportunity. I tell you what. I agree with that too and I but I will say this. There's there's a lot of GMs who would probably say we're in a small market, we don't want to pull the trigger, we don't want to take this chance. I think Masai has shown over the years that he's willing to pull the trigger on cuz look, he, you know, he, look, he he had a team that was 2 games away from the finals with DeMar and Kyle Lowry, pulls the trigger on Kawhi. And put that team together that's a risky proposition you trade your one of the best players in franchise history to go get a guy who you didn't know whether he was disgruntled or injured or what the problem was so if he sees the writing on the wall he's a guy who i think wouldn't be adverse to to pulling the trigger but it, it is tough to do when you just gave that contract and it, and also is there a market <laughs> that's the question too
0: i'll say this and and i agree with you masai when, when i say like doesn't have the fortitude it's not because i, I don't think he could he, Right, right. Yeah, because sure. you're, you're right was he also the well, question beforehand was he also the one that pulled the trigger on the mellow deal uh from from denver or was that his was that his, you know, the other person that followed up
1: after him that's a good question i'm not positive i think i know he i think he was involved he was there memories,
0: i think memories memories yeah. kind of foggy okay yeah. so but here's the reason kyle Who, who's the greatest Raptor of all time?
1: I mean, now it's probably
0: Kyle Lowry. So if you're moving him, I mean, I mean, it, you could do like an end of Godfather situation, you know, the, the original Godfather situation where you just say, you know, knock it all out at once. Yeah. But part of me feels like if you're if you're moving on from Kyle, maybe that would be a reason why they you know that you, you get sentimental about, you know, uh, the man that some people call spicy P. But, you know, but but to your you know to your point, I agree. I, th- I think it would be at least prudent to consider that at least yeah. see what you know see what's out there. And to be honest with you, Messiah is good. You know, Messiah is good at this. I'm sure he's at least explored.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um all right elsewhere around the league on Sunday um i guess since we're talking losing streaks let's just let's just get Houston out of the way now um uh, they lose a game that i really thought this was going to be the one they lose their 20th in a row they lost 114-112 to OKC who is they are now they have finally gotten to the point where they are essentially putting a G league team on the floor, which is what they probably should have been doing earlier in the year to mm-hmm. capitalize on their 600 first round picks that they have. But now you look at this starting lineup that they're throwing out there now. And it's uh, it's rough. Uh, they still beat Houston. Houston loses their 20th and man. So I, like I told you, I was in Charlotte for five years. Uh, so I was there Larry Brown's last year. The Paul Silas year where we won seven games. Oh man. The Mike Dunlap year where we won 20 games and then Steve Clifford's first two years. So, so it ended, I left on a relatively higher note because coach cliff is he's, yeah. he's one of the all-time great people and he's a great coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yes, we, I went through that seven game season. And by the way, who was the coach of that team? Paul Silas, Stephen Silas, his father. So Steven, mm-hmm. I can see, like, I don't know if you got a chance to see the clips on Twitter of his press conference, Mm-hmm. It's just hard to watch, man. He was emotional. He, he, he was having trouble like composing himself. You could tell how badly he wanted this game in particular, but just as a guy who I know him, we lost 23 games in a row that year uh, in, in, when I was in that seven, the, that was a lockout year. So that was also a shortened season. So was 6, uh, six uh yeah that was we went nine and i think we won. no we went seven and 59 or something like that it was yeah yeah, yeah. i mean we had the worst we had the worst starting opening day starting lineup in probably in the history of the nba but that's neither here nor there but as a guy and steven who also i I love steven uh you know i i was so happy to see him finally get a job because he is a good dude and he, he he's earned it he's worked his way and i think when he came to charlotte part of the deal was all right. Paul's going to take over and then Stephen will get the job. And then the stink of that season was so bad that they just couldn't give Stephen the job. So, and then I think that stink was on him for a while. And it took yep. a while for him, even though, if you look at every place he's been, he's, he's been, he's developed. He was there with Steph early in his career. He obviously mm-hmm. was very influential in Kemba. Now he was with Luca the last Luca. couple of years all those teams get better he's always been good so i was happy to see this and now it's just hard to watch my guy out there this is a tough situation with a bunch of guys that clearly you can tell that the that a lot of these guys don't plan on being there past thursday and they're just going through the motions
0: that right there is that's what i was going to say he's got a team full of guys that don't i don't want to say don't care don't care about the long-term uh, future of the Houston Rockets and and you know some fans may be disappointed in hearing that or may think like oh well of course this is a reality folks these are human beings and like they're looking at the future and looking at okay I might be in Indiana or I might be in Memphis or I may be somewhere else you know within the next couple of weeks. Uh, It it sucks, man. The guy, you know, 20 years in the trenches, if I'm not mistaken, you like as as an assistant coach. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Coincidentally, you know, one for every every loss on this streak and hopefully knock on wood it ends soon. I did see that press conference. I did see it. And you know what? What stinks? Uh, You know, I love Twitter and, you know, I'm a part of NBA Twitter, you know, completely. Mm -hmm. But I saw folks that were like, oh, man, it's not like the checks aren't going to clear. And it's like, guys, what you don't understand is, while, yes, it is is amazing. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. To be, you know, like a head coach in the NBA, and those checks are nice. This is that's not you know that's not the only thing. This is this is a man with great pride, and as you said, has been around for a lot of different you know he's been a positive portion of a lot of different careers, and you know to finally get your opportunity, and you you have a roster where. Um, you know, James Harden's there to begin the year and all of the nonsense that took place with that. And then, you know, bring in, you know, John Wall trying to make it back. Uh, you know, he's been in and out of the lineup a little bit. You've got, you know, they bring in Victor Oladipo and that doesn't even fit. Christian, you know, uh, Christian Wood missed, if I'm not mistaken, 19 games. And, and that, kind of like
1: that, kicked, and, and, kicked and they lost. loss. Yep, they, yeah, they, they that, that started the losing streak when he went out.
0: All of that is like the perfect story. So yeah. for Paul, you know, you know, for, you know, for Steven Silas, I feel for him. I really, really do hope that this stink doesn't stay on him. Even though we know a lot of times these, you know, these coaches, you only get one or two chances. And the truth of the matter is if you're, if you're Steven Silas, you need to at least have this go right, you know, in, in some way or another. So I'm hopeful for him. But the truth of the matter is for the Houston Rockets standpoint, I said this on our show as well, a couple of weeks back and your know, Rockets fans got mad. This was before the streak. They need to be losing these games. So ultimately yeah. it sucks, but this is the direction that they need to go.
1: Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate because I think what gets lost in all of this is that they've lost 20 in a row and they still don't have the worst record in the NBA. Like they were actually playing some decent basketball earlier in the year, right? Like they – Christian would look like they, he's maybe going to earn that deal that he got because I'm always skeptical of paying a guy big money when he puts up big numbers on a shitty team. But he came to Houston. They were winning some games. John Wall looked locked in. um, And, you know, Vic seemed Mm -hmm. like at least he was going to play hard because he wants to get another deal. And it looked like maybe this thing, they had some interesting things going on. Um, And a lot of this sort of coincided with them making the decision to part ways with Boogie, which I found weird. It seemed like Mm -hmm. everything seemed to be going all right. And then it was like, all right, or Boogie doesn't want to be here anymore. And I was like, this is weird. And then Christian Wood gets hurt. And then it all just falls apart. And now it's just, uh, man, the, 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 the chip that needs to fall is the old depot situation. And yeah. it seems like they have been holding out and trying to get the most that they can for a guy who just doesn't plan on being there after this year. And it's crushing their leverage because it's the most, you know, it's it's not, it's the, the worst kept secret in the NBA right now. Victor Oladipo was not going to be a rocket next year. And so what can you really expect to get for a guy like that? And that's I think, but they're holding. It's holding them up because they they still want to get a young player or a pick that's valuable, and it's going to be hard to get that for an expiring deal of a guy who is probably only going to sign an extension with certain teams.
0: And let's keep it real. Victor Oladipo hasn't looked good. Like I I I mean no disrespect. I I I'm always in favor of players bouncing back. I'm always in favor of players finding the you know finding a lane after you know repeated injuries or whatever the case may be. But he hasn't looked good. So if you're, you know, like if you're another team and you know, okay, I can get them on the low next year if and just explore and see what's there, or I can give up an asset. Like, no, like, you know, it, it, it is, it doesn't look like he's going to be that guy that's going to put you over the top for this year. So if I'm, you know, so if I'm another team, I look at them and say like, yeah, it's great that you want a young player. It's great that you want some assets, you know, assets, but here, you're going to take this from the bargain bin. And that's yeah. all I'm offering.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And he's also been linked. Pretty heavily to Miami too, uh, and they reportedly was they were also asking for Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson, and that I think would be a little bit of a stretch, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah. as much as I, as much mess as I talked or or shade that I delivered to them earlier, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, I wouldn't trade
1: again. You just and don't it, know what I, you got there. I'm going to tell you what Heat Twitter won't come after you for that because if you saw Heat Twitter today, no one's off the table anymore except oh, for Jimmy okay. and Bam. No one's off. Everyone, there's, everyone has turned. Heat okay. Twitter has turned on Duncan. Yeah. Tyler Hero, I think there's still like a, you know, there's, there's both sides of the fence because he mm-hmm. hasn't looked very good either, but he, I look, I'll say this because I worked in the league for a long time. I grew up in South Florida and I am a heat mm-hmm. fan, but I also worked in the league for a long time. So I'm not like the typical South Florida sports fan that, I go game like it's game by game, which I think is for a lot of fan bases. But it, yeah. you know, it happens down here. Like, it, I think if you looked at Heat Twitter today, it was like, uh, it's like they weren't just the hottest team in the NBA three games ago, or one of the hottest teams. It was like, this is blow it up, blow it, go get whoever you can. It doesn't matter, just make a trade. It's like, let's make a trade for trade's sake. So, that I'm just saying that to say, okay, I think a lot of people on Heat Twitter are probably on your side where they're like, yeah, Duncan, who Duncan Robinson? Let's get what we can get for him at this point. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the party, Heat
0: Twitter, then. Welcome yeah. to the party.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, this Rockets thing, it stinks. But now two, there's two sides. So one is, according to Tankathon, they have the hardest schedule remaining for the rest of the season, strength of schedule-wise. Yeah. But but next, they play tomorrow night against the Raptors, so someone's O's got to go, <sighs> right? And then mm-hmm. Charlotte with Nola Mello Ball and then back-to-backs against Minnesota. They got to win one of those maybe <laughs> you got to win one now they've also just lost to the two arguably worst teams in the nba right now detroit and oklahoma city so maybe not but i
0: mean yeah, I, it's, look it's, it's, <laughs> there's,
1: there's always those matchups where hey someone's got to win um yeah, that's the yeah, they, they, tomorrow they, night eight eight game losing streak versus 20 game losing streak you know <laughs> yeah i'm glad
0: i'm not on, i'm glad i'm not on tomorrow's show because I, I really wouldn't have <laughs> anything for that
1: <laughs> yeah that'll be that'll be uh well i'll just be celebrating uh, if if oh. I'm, I'm going if houston wins it'll be a celebration mm-hmm. get 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 my guy a win um all right let's we'll get through the there's a few more games to talk about this nick so let's go nicks sixers um mm. f- this is fascinating you look at the, if you even just if you didn't watch the game whether you watch or not you look at the box when you're like an NBA game went to overtime and the final score was 101 to 100. hundred. This is the amazing thing about the Knicks this year is that they're actually kind of fun to watch, even though the the basketball is not the most fun to watch. Cause it's just like grind it out defensive and then let Julius Randle kind of do his thing when he can, but mm-hmm. they're, they're really interesting. But the thing I want to talk about from this game was the ending of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. We talk about it a lot on this show, the issues with, the, the replay system mm-hmm. that they have. And with five seconds left in overtime, uh, Philly misses a shot. Uh, and Julius Randle maybe pushes Tobias Harris, maybe doesn't push him. It could have gone either way. The refs call a foul on Julius Randle. Tom Thibodeau calls a timeout, which if you were listening to the announcers, everyone was under the impression that Thibodeau was calling a timeout to review the play and challenge the play. The refs never challenged the refs. The refs never reviewed it, and then the timeout ended. And because they used their last timeout, they couldn't challenge the play, and they never got a review. And then Tobias Harris made the two free throws. And then they also didn't have a timeout to draw up a play, so they had to just come down and chuck up a three. And that's how the game ended. It was absurd. So, so
0: maybe you can you know shed light on this. I thought that in the last couple minutes of the game, and especially like in overtime, the refs could choose to, you know, know, I think like the, I
1: think I'm pretty sure you're right. And I'm pretty sure that comes, that's supposed to come from, I guess, Secaucus or wherever they're looking at the replay, Mm -hmm. but I thought it could get buzzed down that. Yeah. It's a a view, but to me, that's even a bigger issue that it's up Mm -hmm. to the refs to choose because like, let's just take football. For example, every scoring play gets reviewed. There should be plays that just automatically trigger a review and if it's five mm-hmm. seconds left in the game and you're going to give a team a foul to potentially take the lead, you got to look at it. You got to look at it. That's what it's there for.
0: Absolutely. And I won't lie to you. I watched, I watched that game down the stretch. If I'm Julius Randall, I'm pissed, man. Oh. Like I, I, I get it. I get it. There was contact there, but again, man, like, like yeah. put it like this, I, I guess it tells you kind of like where the refs see you as a player, because certain players are getting away with that. Certain yeah. players hey, no call. Go ahead. You know, figure it out to for whatever the reason, Julius isn't getting those goals.
1: He isn't. Right? And, yeah, and, and even earlier, in the, if it was either at the end of the fourth or in overtime, Tony Bradley, when Tony Bradley tried to take him down with like an ankle lock. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw that. Tony Bradley was coming down clearly, like was not going for a ball or anything, just grabbed his ankle and threw him down. If that was, again, if that was LeBron, Tony Bradley's out of the game when they replay it.
0: Oh, like yeah. They're probably
1: kicking him out, but it's Julius Randle. Oh, yeah. And... I, you know, refs, I don't know how much refs stick together and whatnot, but now two a couple nights ago, Julius went after Scott Foster. And, you know, I don't know how much that's going to start playing into his reputation, but it, you know, who knows?
0: Much like I say, the, you know, the players are human beings, the refs are too, Yeah, you know, like, and, and I get that. And, and I'm, I'm the captain of the, we're not here to watch you dogs. We're not here to watch you. But at the end of the day, they've got the whistle and you can't you know, like, again, if you're Julius Randall. You gotta find a bet. You gotta find a different path. You gotta find a different lane because ultimately, they you know, like, you're at their mercy. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 it really stinks. You know, it really stinks. Like like you said, the Knicks are fun again. The Knicks yeah. are fun. They grind. You know, it's a grinded out Tom Thibodeau style, of course. But Randall's having his you know career year, yep. and you know, and, I, and it's just unfortunate. And over the last over the last week or so, it, it the, the conversation has been about the you know the disappointing endings as opposed to you know, hey, look, the Knicks are still out there and, and still out there competing.
1: But you got to think, but if you're a Knicks fan, even with the endings, right? So like I said this the other day on the, on, um, after the, after that, that Knicks Nets game that mm-hmm. had the bad ending and Julius Randall went crazy, it was almost the best scenario that could have happened for the NBA. And it, I say that because if the Knicks win that game, it's just a regular season game that the Knicks win, but they lose that game. And now there's a little juice right now. There's a little juice to Knicks Nets. And we've never had that. And they play again in, a, in like a week or so, maybe a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Now they can maybe flex that back to national TV if it's not already on national TV. Now you got vignettes of Julius Randall going mm-hmm. crazy, you know, shoulder bumping Jeff Green. And and then if the Knicks win that game, now we're like, all right, we got an actual rivalry in New York, which we don't, obviously, because the Nets are a much better team right now. But it's still fun. It's still fun when there is some type of juice to that thing. Here's one for you
0: currently. And I recognize we still got some time left. They would play each other in the first round. Oh,
1: I want, I want that. I
0: need that. I, you please let that happen. So I'm right there
1: with you. Yeah. Yeah. And in a COVID year, they don't have to travel. Awesome. You gotta love that. You gotta gotta love that. Julius Randall. I'll say, I, I mean, I feel like if they make the playoffs, I'm not I don't know I just based on what I know of Knicks fans he's probably gonna be like what the third best player to ever play for the Knicks according to them like he's gonna the jersey's going up in the rafters already right like
0: <laughs> you, but, you 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 know Knicks fans man yeah, like he's but, already he already is in that, uh, in that
1: spot you know what's interesting about him is like when I see him get angry and I don't know if you'd notice this like when he was a Laker or just having followed him there's a lot of guys in the league when they get angry you're like yeah this guy's not gonna do anything Julius Randle seems like he might be a real one like Tonight, he had his fist balled, like I was looking at the fist, and his left fist was balled up when he was yelling at Tony, Tony Bradley, like, I don't think he wants to get in a fight, but that dude took him down by the ankle, and his, when he was, he had his, his, he had the fist, like, tightened up, and I'm like, oh, oh, maybe, maybe he might want to do something here.
0: So, his rookie year was the first year that I covered the league. Um, you know uh, back you know way back in the day usa today days yeah, yeah um uh hoops world shout out to all of those folks the, the, yeah. the, the now defunct hoops world uh Julius Randle's not one to play with okay like for the most part nobody really wants to fight in the NBA but there's always that one you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying there are a few of them out there um you know, jr is probably you know on that list of guys it's like yeah, yeah, yeah don't, don't don't do anything dirty <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: let, 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 let's leave the silly stuff out.
1: Right. Yeah. it's funny. It, it was, it was interesting. I noticed yeah. that I always look when those guys are going, like, what are, what's going on with the hands? Like, I feel like yeah. I can tell, like if they're just like pointing and like, then, yeah. you don't want it.
0: <laughs> or, or standing there, like, you know, with their yeah. hands by their side, your yeah. chest out. It's like, yeah, you don't yeah. want to
1: fight. Or not looking them in the eye. Just like you yelling, yell, like yelling off to the side. Like, no, you don't want it. You yeah. don't want you it. Don't want um, all right. A couple other games, you know, we had Celts beat the magic. Not really super important. Jalen Brown looked incredible uh bulls beat the pistons not a huge thing uh last one i guess that we can talk about from tonight is pelicans beating the the nuggets an interesting game uh this team continues to be the most confusing probably the most confusing team in the league to me uh you get 60 combined 30 from zion 30 from brandon ingram they actually play some pretty good defense a team against a team in the nuggets who have been rolling a little bit as of late michael porter jr has quietly started to evolve into the guy that if he becomes that guy, that team is very scary. But then in this one, no Lonzo. Lonzo sits with the hip flexor. Nikhil Alexander-Walker starts. He gets 20. They win this game, and I just don't know. What, I still, no matter what, I, I can't watch this team and figure it out because, I mean, when they score the ball, they're, t- they're dangerous. They've been so bad defensively this year. It's hard to really get a gauge on what this team is.
0: Yeah, and, and part of that surprises me because honestly, that was what, that was the side of the ball that I was like, okay, Stan Van's going to get in there and get those you know you'll know, get those young guys in there at least playing some sort of defense. Um, but yeah, I don't know either. Um, you know, the the part of the conversation has been like the parts don't necessarily fit. Uh, part of the conversation has been that you know maybe Griffin didn't do Stan Van you know all you all that many favors by not getting floor spacers you know around the you you uh, two young guys, um, but. I, look, I came into the year thinking like, hey, yeah, I, I think that Brandon Ingram can, has a, at least a slight step more, and I think that Zion, obviously, if he stays healthy, can get you know can, you know, can be that guy. Uh, so why can't they be a playoff team? And all of the, you know, like at the start of year, it was like, okay, well, obviously, I was clearly wrong. And I look now, and they're not that far off from the playoff mix. So you know, yeah, I, I, I I'm totally confused by them. I you know like I I'm a bi guy. You know, obviously, you know, I, I covered him you know, when I was covering the Lakers as well. Uh, you know, I, I want Zion, you know, like to stay healthy more than anything, you know, because if he stays on the court, you know, he, he's going to be an impact player. It, it's really just going to be a matter of if he, if he can stay on the court. Uh, but I, I really I, I'm at a loss for you know what to really expect from this team on a night in, night out basis.
1: Yeah. And I would never claim to like like I know more than Stan. So Stan's got a reason why he plays Steven Adams 36 minutes, but he just doesn't. I, I've wanted this from game one. Mm-hmm. At some point, I would love them to have Zion at the five and yep. just just run, man, because they have the horses, right? When Lonzo's healthy, you got Lonzo, Bledsoe, BI, Zion, and then put in whoever put Nikhil Alexander Walker or Josh Hart has played really well for yep. them. Just and just if you're not gonna, if you're if you're gonna give up 120 a night, then score 130 a night and go small and just make it impossible for teams to guard you. Steven Adams pick and roll defense this year has been in the games that I've watched, it's just, it's impossible. And they keep teams just keep putting him in the pick and roll. And he's already not, he's never really been a great rim protector. He's just a tough defensive rebounder. He can defend the posts, but like they can't switch with him. He can't, he's he has to drop solo and pick and rolls because mm-hmm. guys can go by him. It's just not, but they play him a lot. Cause Stan is still a stubborn coach who doesn't love to play young guys. And, you know, cause you know, Jackson Hayes probably should be playing more minutes for this team to see what they got. And when Willie Hernan Gomez plays, he actually has been playing pretty good for them, which is weird, but he's just he keeps. Playing. Steven Adams, I think is part of the problem. I don't know that he's the only problem, but if there's something on this roster that's fixable, that seems like an adjustment. Maybe not, you don't bench him, but maybe you don't play him 36 minutes.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. To be honest with you, you know, it, from I probably watched six or seven of their games in in totality. You know, this year, yeah. Uh, yeah, bits and pieces of others. Every time I see him, it's like, yeah, this is a 19 minute a guy. You know, a, a night guy. This is a guy that's a, you know your secondary big. This is a guy that you bring in, you know, like you know, the change of pace, or like if somebody gets going in the post in the in the rare nights where someone does, you know, you can put a, a bruiser, you know, like on them. But if you're if you are still reliant upon him for you know 35, 36, you know, upwards of 30, you know, 35 plus minutes a night, I've got to be honest with you, I I, I can only attribute it to like you said, it's just a matter of him being stubborn, it's just a matter of him like you know, sitting on the sideline, you know, like over the last few years watching Steven Adams and being comfortable with him as opposed to like believing in the, you know, in his own ability to get these other young guys to where they need to be. Yep. I, yeah you know, I, I can't explain it for, you know, but maybe is it, is it really just a matter of they just paid him? Like, you know, you know because they paid him, it, it, is that really
1: it? because No, well, man, I think it's Stan, you know, as much as things change and, you know, he's been a commentator, so he's seen the league evolve and he's seen things change as much as they change, they stay the same. And he's sort of a, he has his way of coaching and he wants he plays the players that he thinks fit his way of coaching it just seems that way to me for stan and maybe that'll be to his detriment ultimately but um you would think with a team that lacks the shooting that you couldn't Mm -hmm. have two sometimes three guys in a lineup that just are absolute non-shooters and when zion is he's your best player, technically – I mean, he's going to be your best player. He's going to be your franchise player. He's never really going to be able to shoot the ball. You can't have another complete non-shooting big in there at all times. It's just
0: Clog- – Clogging up his area on top exactly. of that. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, it would, be one, it would be one thing if Adams is a guy that you could, you know, you know, camp in the corner or or spread it out on top. But he can't even do – you know, he can't even do that consistently. And, you know what, Stephen Adams I have nothing against, you know, the, you know, the guy. I, I actually like him as a player. But, yeah, really – he's just not being put in, a, in positions to succeed right now.
1: Yeah. And that and, really
0: is on stand. Yeah.
1: And, the, and the, the other thing with this team that it's fascinating to me is the constant Lonzo ball trade rumors. Um, it still keeps coming out that teams are after him and maybe they don't want to pay. I don't I, I, thing I can gather. We've talked about it on here a few times is that they don't want to pay him maybe because he's going to ask for more than maybe they think he's worth. But to me, this team becomes substantially worse if they move on from Lonzo. If anything, Lonzo's been their best defensive player this year, and the evolution of that guy's jump shot is like nothing I've ever seen. He's arguably their best shooter, too, outside of JJ, who doesn't play anymore.
0: Lonzo's shooting 39% from deep this year. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and like, and like you said, he is their best, you know, best defender, best you know defender at, at the point of attack. Best, defender. He's their, he's their most versatile, you know, honestly, one of their, one of their more versatile players. I recognize he's never going to be that guy that everyone loves, especially since all of the hype, you know, coming in and, and he's got the Lakers stink on him. And when I say Lakers stink, I'm saying from every other fan base and every, yeah. you know, like, you, you know what it is, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, but you know, he's a very good player and, and you know, for the life of me, I can't understand. Why they want to move him? I get maybe you know they're looking okay. You know, we, we paid Bi. We're going to end up having to pay Zion. Can we afford to pay him? You know what he's going to ask. And if that's the case, and if if they've already had those conversations behind closed doors, and they, he's already said like it's going to be fifteen or twenty, then I get it. But outside of that, you know, like, I I would be trying to build around those three players. I would absolutely be trying to build around those three players. And to your point at the start of this conversation, it, I I actually think. I actually thought coming in, I was like, okay, they picked up Bledsoe. You know, you know, yes, they'll, they'll eventually run Zion at the five. This is going to be a running team. I see no reason why, if you've got Lonzo in here in the lineup and Zion on the court, and can he knows how to fill a lane, and Bledsoe, these they, these players, it doesn't make sense to be running, you know, like you know, traditional half court sets. Right. This should yeah. be a running team. Yeah, and, I think, and, the, and Lonzo should be part of that.
1: Absolutely, I don't think. Maybe they see something in Kyra Lewis Jr. that they drafted that we don't see yet. I I don't know. That was a. I think he was a first round pick. He's a point guard, which is a you know it's a weird pick if you're going to pay big money to a point guard. Mm -hmm. But I'm with you. I I think. I know. I think people probably think I'm crazy when I say this, but he's at 23. I think Lonzo's trending towards becoming a top 10 point guard at at some point. Like because of the way he's evolved his shot, Mm -hmm. um, he's the per he. I say this about LaMelo a lot too, but like they both now, they're like the perfect thing that you want from a point guard in the NBA. Like the, as much as I love the Dame Lillard's in mm-hmm. Steph, even though Steph's a totally different thing, yeah. you rarely win a title building around a point guard. What mm-hmm. what you need a point for everyone point guard is they got to be able to shoot. They got to be able to essentially quarterback the offense and they got to be, they got to be a dog defensively. And Lonzo, the way he's shooting the ball now, he, he checks all the boxes. And he's 6-7 so he can switch, he can play off the ball now that he can shoot like he's he's getting to that him, he's getting in that that like where Brogdon is. He might not ever be the scorer that Brogdon is, but that type of point guard which is to me perfect for the NBA. So if you have to pay him overpay him a little bit to keep him in New Orleans, you got to pay the guy.
0: Hey, you're preaching to the choir, my man. Like, the, you know, if I got a point guard that's shooting 40% from deep and I can put them on ones, twos, and even some threes, that's not a guy I'm trying to leave. I mean, that's not a, not a guy I'm trying to get out of, you know, get rid of.
1: Yeah. yeah. Just that's Yeah, for sure. Uh, by the way, before we talk, I, w- I want to uh, finish up with the Hawks. But before we talk about the Hawks, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up from tonight the Bam Adebayo dunk, which I don't know how I talked about the heat. Without bringing that up, I don't. I'm not sure if you saw it, but it's the dunk of the year. It's the, It was the oh. dunk of the. It was. Who, I mean, who did he get? He got Sabonis, and they oh. and they called an offensive foul and and chat and it got challenged and they reversed it. He took off left foot. He took off off his left foot from the from the dotted line, and dunked over Sabonis. It was like Michael Jordan in Space Jam style, stretching the arm all the way out. It was. I mean, I know a lot of people thought Anthony Edwards' dunk might have been the dunk of the year, but it'd be hard, you'd be hard pressed to convince me that that Bam's dunk is not.
0: So as you described it, I pulled it up. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty nasty. That was pretty nasty. You know, and, and no shade to Jackson Hayes. I don't know if you saw it. He got somebody tonight. Yeah, too. he did. Like, yeah, he, yeah. He, he cocked it back. But yeah, that was nasty. <laughs> that yeah. was and the way hey, he like, I, I don't I know, if
1: you could see like his right leg, he kind of mm-hmm. uses Sabonis. A little bit and steps on like his hip almost, and it propels him a little more. You see that? He Tom, he does the Tom Chambers to, yeah. to Mark
0: Jackson. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it looked I, like
1: it was unbelievable.
0: I I closed it by accident, but I'll, I'll check it out afterwards. Yeah, no, that's I, I'm always here for the dunk of night. Always oh, yeah. you know, dunking the night, dunking a year, you know, across the board.
1: It's gonna be yeah. hard to beat that one because when you look at the replay where he took off from, is wild. That, I mean, that's a crazy dunk. That's um, nasty. Um, all right, let's let's finish up the you know, we usually try to hit the biggest stories from the weekend. And I think it's worth talking about the Hawks real quick because they've now won eight in a row. They haven't lost since Nate McMillan became their head coach. Um, They're actually 10 and one with Nate as their head coach this year, because he coached three games when Lloyd Pierce was out uh, for the birth of his child. Are you ready? Are you buying the Hawks has having turned it around or are you still a little skeptical because, their schedule in these eight games has been very easy. And then this last win against Lakers was obviously with LeBron being hurt.
0: Oh, I was in on the Hawks going in. I, you know, I, I, I was one of those folks that's like, yeah, this is good before be the season, off. before the season. I, oh, yeah, I thought, I of thought, course. Yeah. I, I thought thought think a lot of people playoff were high on team. And, and this is the thing, like it sucks for Lloyd Pierce. Um, you know, end of the day, if if it's not the right fit or in, you know, quite frankly, if, if your star, if the star player, you know, is not necessarily in your, you know, in your corner, and I'm not blaming that on Trey, but I'm saying they don't make that move. If Trey, if, if the star is not, you know, like on board with it, it's just not going to, it's not going to work. But what stinks is, coinciding kind of with, you know, uh, McMillan, whom I'm also a fan of and also got a raw, you know, raw deal deal the last you year. Mentioned you know, it. We mentioned
1: I'm, it. I talk about it all the time on here. Never should have been fired in the first place. So it's, I'm kind of happy for him, even though I, it sucks for Lloyd, you know, it's good to yeah. see Nate getting his chance again, but,
0: and, 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 and good for him. And, you know, it doesn't hurt that all of a sudden they have Bogdanovich back and Gallinari looks strong and everybody's kind of, you know, healthy and looking good. And sometimes it really is just a matter of a different voice in the room um so i'm hopeful for them you know like uh, uh selfishly self-serving i would like to see them make the postseason so that my co-host doesn't ridicule me because we were we were doing a disagreement on that interesting uh but but i you know but I, but i do think i do think uh you know they they have enough they're they're still you know they're actually right back in the mix now mm-hmm. um let's see matter Woof. they're and I, and I know it's a log jam but they're actually a four seed right now you know, with that, with that, know. Ministry, you know, they're they're in the four seed. Yeah. I would love to see. I don't know if they necessarily hold on to a home court situation, but I'd love to see them make a postseason run this year. I
1: yeah, would. I mean, when we'll definitely learn. We talked about this last week before that Laker game. That was the first game of an eight game West Coast trip, yeah. and they play the Clippers, the Suns, uh, the Kings, the, the Warriors, the yeah. Nuggets. Yeah, yeah it's a this is a tough little stretch they got they're probably lucky that they pulled out a win in the first game because it's going to be tough to string together wins on this trip. Um, And and to your point about guys getting healthy, here's the reason why the Lloyd Pierce situation kind of pissed me off when it happened was that at the beginning of the year, even though they weren't great, they were winning games with their defense. They were a top 10 defense Mm -hmm. in the NBA for a long stretch. And then DeAndre Hunter got hurt. And I think low key people don't realize that's the guy in Atlanta. I don't think people realize it that kid was averaging 18 a game and he was their best wing defender. He was starting to look like a legit high level wing player in the NBA. And they went on a huge losing streak and they were struggling big time when he went out. And obviously they had other injuries too, but I think that impacted that team in a huge way that didn't get talked about. And then it got compounded by, you know, you know, reports that John, John Collins and Trey young are in the locker room. And I got to imagine the reason why they want to trade Sean Collins so bad is that Trey Young doesn't like him either and i'm going to tell you what man i interviewed um what's it, Travis Schlank a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. coming from golden state and listening to him talking like this guy this guy knows his shit he's going to build a good team but if they're just going to make every decision based on what Trey Young wants they're going to be in trouble i like Trey Young Trey Young's a good player but come on man I mean, uh, is he back that guy? He's not that guy. <laughs>
0: I'm, I, I was I was going to go there for you. He's not the guy that you know. You're bending over every you know everywhere for like bending over backwards in every single way for. I I understand you're Atlanta. It's you know it's your guy. You 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 want to put a winning team around him. You want to appease him and all of that. But I, I have to be honest with you. While I'm I'm a Trey Young fan, he has not been that. You know he, his play has not warranted that this year. And for whatever the reason is, whether it's just not comfortable, whether there was an issue with Pierce, whether it's like, you know, maybe he's not vibing well with Collins or whatever the case may be. If I'm them, I start to make I start to make moves in the best interest of the roster, in the best interest of the franchise. And, you know, and, and some of those moves will be in his favor, but you don't have to bend over completely backwards for him, especially if, you know. Yeah. You know, let me not go there. Let me not go. Hey, you can go there. This
1: is, this is an open forum where you, we talk about all teams in the NBA here. So we can, you could, but you don't have to, I don't understand the John Collins stuff. There was a report today that they offered the T-Wolves John Collins for Malik Beasley in a first round pick. And the T-Wolves said, no, which I don't understand from either side. It seems wild to me. I'm, I'm a, I'm higher. I'm, I might be higher on John Collins than others, but uh, I, you know, it's, He's, an, he's one of those guys who's been very good in Atlanta and I think in the right situation could flourish to become even better. And Malik Beasley is good, but he's not, is he, he's not that good. Like, what, what are we talking about here?
0: Well, what, what I was going to ask you is what do you think the ideal fit for Collins is? Because this, this is something that I've talked about with Josh over the last year or so. He's a big Collins guy as well. I have been searching for the act for the ideal fit. And I actually don't necessarily know where it is, maybe it's just that I haven't watched him enough or paid it to focused in on him enough.
1: I actually think he fits next to any big. And I also think he can be, he can play small ball five. If you need him to, he's so versatile. And he's, his athleticism is on a different level. Yeah. He's spring loaded as my co-host would say, like he's got that athleticism where he can switch. He can guard one through five um he can he has a he's a decent shooter he's a good enough three-point shooter to where you have to guard him and respect him Mm -hmm. and he does a little bit of everything i I don't know that like you don't want him to be a 25 a night guy for you but like Mm -hmm. man him and carl anthony towns next to each other talk. i mean that's that is an athletic talented skilled front court but also if you have you know a non-shooting big that's like if you had a like for example if you didn't say let's put him next to a Rudy Gobert type like you could put do mm-hmm. that too and then he's a guy who stretches the floor like I think he kind of fits he should hypothetically fit wherever and honestly he fits in Atlanta right like him and Capella have been really good next yeah, to each have. other they haven't been the problem <laughs> you know yeah, that they have right. not been the problem so it's just it's a weird thing to me and he, when you mentioned how you know, Trey had to be a a part of Lloyd being out. I got to think in the back of my mind that Trey might be a little bit of the reason why they are so strongly this John Collins thing the rumors of them wanting to move on from John Collins have been going on all year. And I think part of it was because he, he didn't sign his extension and he wants more money again, Mm -hmm. but he he's, he his, if you look at his numbers compared to other bigs in the league from an efficiency standpoint, he's been, he's been right up there near the top. For his position um but i don't know it it, i think he kind of fits wherever
0: next to bam would be interesting
1: oh miami uh, that would be nice heat twitter has been calling for that one it would be okay. my bad
0: i I missed i missed no no no, no. They, they
1: well here's the thing and you know how it is with team twitters right when you're a team that's in the mix for potentially making moves every time you play a team you're like oh he would be good he'd be good and i do that too because on the podcast with norris Every week, I'm like, all right, here's who we played this week. I'm like, oh, this guy would be nice. Oh, he would be good. Now nah, he'd be good. And then every time John, every time there's a rumor like, oh, John Collins, everyone, especially in Miami, people are like, oh, Pat will get it done. Riley will get it done. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think Collins will be the one. That, I don't know, man. It's, it's impossible to know. I for a while was thinking that this trade deadline was going to be quiet, but now I don't know, man, because it doesn't seem like teams want to spend a ton of money because of this situation this season, but. I don't think any like superstars are getting moved, but it does seem like there might be some interesting like three or four team trades potentially going on just to make the pieces all work.
0: When like, like, uh, I think I alluded to earlier when LeBron went down that it, at the very least had to open the door for folks. So to open people's eyes go like, mm-hmm. Hey, if we're right there, we can get there. If we're just on the outside, Hey, we can get into the mix. Yep. So I I, I kind of think we're going to get, you know, some deals, maybe not superstars, you know, uh, no disrespect, Kyle Lowry, because I do think he's going to be moved. Uh, but, you know, guys, guys of that level, even, I do think we
1: could. Well, and, and that the LeBron combined with just Brooklyn, it's just if you're in the East yep. and you think you have a chance, you have to build to beat that team right now. And yes. that's where you see Milwaukee going and getting PJ Tucker. Miami goes and gets Trevor Ariza who hasn't played in a year. So, he, you know, he, We'll see how good he actually is for them. And that's why it seems as though if you're at one, you're like a team like Miami or a Boston where you want to keep your young guys, you got to make, you, you got to, if you want to compete now to beat Brooklyn, you got to load up. <laughs> you got to figure out a way to load up.
0: I was going to throw one more shot. I was going to say, or if you're Boston, you almost did it, or you'll almost do it. But
1: No, nah, well, listen, 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 I crushed them I crushed Danny Ainge on this show pretty constantly almost Ainge fascinating to me that he still runs an an NBA team at this point because the the idea that you could go to -to back-to-back Eastern Conference finals have two a 22-year-old and a 23-year-old who are probably top 15 players already in the league top 20 at at the at the least Mm -hmm. and you can constantly regress every year and then somehow it gets blamed on Brad Stevens. Like Brad Stevens can't coach anymore or something. It's like, what what's happening? How do people not crush Danny Ainge more?
0: And you're losing talent for nothing. Yeah. You are lo- like in consecutive years, repeatedly, they continue you know, folks are, are walking away and they're not actually even getting anything for him, anyhow.
1: We are no, I, I talk we're about, on the same page. Look, you. I talk about this. I, I mention this probably more than people want to hear it because I say it all the time when we're talking about these teams, because I say it about OKC. Right? Because I, listen, I don't know where you feel on this one, but I've always thought Sam Presti was one of the most overrated executives in the NBA. Um, and I, I'll say this to me: there's there's three there's three ways there's three things to building a team. Right? You know this draft, free agency, mm-hmm. trades. You have to be. You have to win two of the three to have a successful team. Yep. You can't. And so, like, if you're OKC, for example. You can't just keep drafting players and losing every trade because no free agents are coming there. So you're never going to win free agency. So you got to win every trade. They don't win trades. They lose their trades and they, and they're, they're a decent draft. I mean, they were great over a decade ago at drafting and the rest of their draft picks have been okay. They've been fine. Boston. They, they hit home runs with these guys, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, even their picks, Mm -hmm. these guys this year, I love Peyton. I think Peyton Pritchard's a good player. Nesmith will probably be pretty good. But it's rotation guy. But you look at their roster from three years ago when they were in the Eastern conference finals, mm-hmm. Terry Rozier looked pretty damn good. Al yeah. Horford can still play. They've never been the same since they got rid of Horford. They yeah. let Gordon Hayward walk because they don't want to pay him. And now he's having a career year other than, I mean, he's regressed a little since his injury. So, you know, maybe, yeah. and, and free agents don't want to go to Boston either. I nope. mean, I think that's a misconception yeah. that, that people want to be in Boston. They don't really want to be in Boston.
0: And don't forget, we everyone remembers how you did Isaiah. Everyone also yep. saw how you dogged Kyrie and said it was all about him when in reality it didn't help. But no, he was not the root of your problems. Yep. yep. You and, and, and 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 I'm not even a huge, I'm not even a huge fan of like a lot of stuff that Kyrie has done over the last four or five years. Yeah. But that wasn't that they tried to make it seem like it was all him, and I'm sorry it wasn't.
1: And there were starting to be rumors earlier in the year that he might do the same to Kemba, and if you do that to Kemba, now mm-hmm. now people are actually going to turn on you because everyone loves Kemba. Yeah.
0: The fact that the, you know the fact that his name was in all those early rumors that lets you know they were trying to do that.
1: Yeah. Yep. They and were he
0: actively would, trying to.
1: Yep. And and now there's the there's like the one I think it was an executive who said like Danny Ainge won't pull the trigger on a trade unless he thinks he's going to crush you, which is which is hilarious to me because he hasn't won a trade. Yeah. <laughs>
0: he hasn't won a trade. But, Okay, so that's why he's almost age, and that's the reason why yeah, exactly. in a couple in a couple of years we're going to be you know speaking of this as like lost opportunities because all of a sudden you know your young your young your youngins that are really good are going to be kind of coming up.
1: Right. Yeah. For sure. My prediction
0: is that Jason Tatum does not sign another contract with him. I could be wrong, but who oh, else.
1: Wow, that would be Lee interesting. Chelsea. And
0: and that wouldn't be losing.
1: wouldn't be shocking. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be yeah. overly shocking the way that teams regress. That's that's interesting. I haven't heard that one before. I like that. That's that just up. totally. That's just me. I'm not. I'm oh no! Not I, saying, no no! no like, oh, I know! Okay. I know! No no! I'm, yeah yeah. But it's yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. now I I have to do that on the show a lot too. Where I'm like, I haven't heard this from anybody. I, I, yeah, just, just in case case I feel like I, in the past I've had a tendency to say these things, and then two years later I'm like, you remember when I said that? And I'm like, no, you didn't. No, I did. Uh-huh. but you, just, you know? Oh yeah. Um, cool. Well, Jabari man, this was this is super fun, man. I really appreciate you jumping on with me, guys. It's dunks and discourse. If you're not already listening, go ahead and check it out. Go follow Jabari on Twitter. Uh, he's one of the. I'm not, I'll say it. He's one of the OGs of the NBA Twitter game. He's he's been doing it since uh, before it was the the cesspool <laughs> that it has somewhat become. I'm also I've been also very late to the Twitter game because when I was in the league, I was like I'm not gonna be on. Twitter oh, yeah. When I was working, and then so. after I left the NBA, I was working for CBS Sports as a behind mm-hmm. the scenes. I was a producer. So I was like, I don't don't need to be tweeting as a producer, and now I'm like, I'm out of both. I'm trying to run this podcast. Like, I guess I got to be on Twitter. (laughs) It's like it's got to. This slow, slow build, but uh, I get it. It, But uh, Jabari's Jabari's been been doing it forever, so.
0: So I contributed
1: to making it the cesspool that
0: it is now that we all swim in and enjoy.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know what it is? It's team Twitters that have- Oh, no, I know. That's that's the thing that I'm still wrapping my head around because on some days I'm like, this is amazing. I can just dive into some team Twitters and like, this is some of the funniest content I've ever seen because these people are insane. Mm -hmm. And then there are other days where I'm like, I don't want to see this shit. I just don't, I can't hear these people complaining about their teams and this and it's just like come on it's just not they're so unrealistic about life
0: (laughs) yeah so sometimes it can be like you know like a you know like like fish in the fridge you know after a couple days it's like okay i've had enough of that let's 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 cleanse this no i I, i'm there with you but for the most part you know i i I thoroughly enjoy
1: nba twitter you know have a great time with you yeah and i definitely and
0: again i really appreciate you inviting me on this has been been a, a hell of a lot of fun
1: absolutely all right man we'll uh hopefully we'll see you again soon everyone i'll be back tomorrow and uh have a good night we'll see you tomorrow later